welcome to the elusive truth with rich and larry what a beautiful fall day here in the pacific northwest larry is out riding his steel horse and enjoying some downtime so today i have some clips of joe biden all you have to do is just listen so sit back and relax as we climb down the rabbit hole all right let's get started in this first clip Joe Biden is asked why he is running for the presidency. I said I was running for three reasons. One, to restore the soul of this country, a sense of decency and honor. But secondly, to rebuild the backbone of the country. Hard-working, middle-class folks who built this country. The president asked me to be in charge of managing that piece, then President Trump. Excuse me, Freudian slip. That was the last president. He caused, anyway, that was President Obama when I was vice president. Well, what did you think of that? That should have been the first clue that something wasn't going to go right with this presidency. Next on the campaign trail, he stops in Pennsylvania and apparently tells people that he uh, can drive an 18-wheeler. Anyway. And if we I don't do drive an 18 wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, I wish oh, I yeah. could. <laughs> That's I awesome. got to. <laughs> so the really funny part about this is that the uh, blue check mark people who check these things out said that Joe Biden did actually go for a ride in an 18 wheeler in 1972. <laughs> oh my goodness. In this clip, Joe is asked about his response to Bernie Sanders apology during the campaign trail. As you will hear, uh, Joe gets a little squirrely. Yesterday, you said you accepted Bernie's apology. Now you're attacking him. Why are you doing that? Go, 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 go. Why wasn't his apology enough, Mr. Vice President? Why, why attack Sanders? Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. Just calm down. It's okay. He apologized for saying that I was corrupt. He didn't say anything about whether or not I was telling the truth about Social Security. Now that we've heard uh, a few clips of Joe Biden on the campaign trail, let's continue with uh, Joe and his amazing ability to talk numbers. That saves billions of gallons of gasoline. I mean, billions of uh, two point, I think it's two point three billion dollars worth of, excuse me, five hundred billion dollars in savings and two point something billion metric tons of CO2 going in the air. Well, folks, I eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth, a trillion four hundred billion worth, out of a billion four hundred million, excuse me, a trillion four hundred billion dollars. It's hard to even say it so much. And by the way, it's cost a lot of money. It cost about seven hundred and forty million billion dollars over 10 years. He is a master at numbers. Here's even more. If you don't think that's enough. For example, there's a situation where there's an estimation of somewhere between 700 billion and a trillion, 300 million billion dollars. If we have more IRS agents and we go after those folks who are avoiding taxes at the top end. It's amazing how no one really keeps talking about his bumbling with numbers. But let's get on to something more serious. Uh, this was a question asked to Joe about Syria and Russian relations. Um, we could work together with Russia, for example, uh, in, uh, in Libya. We should be opening up the, 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 the 
passes to be able to go through and provide uh, provide uh, um, food assistance and economic assi- I mean vital assistance to uh, a population that's in real trouble. I think I'm going to try very much hard to. Uh, it, it is. Um, by the way, there's places where. I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here, but let me say it this way. Russia has engaged in activities which are, we believe are contrary to international norms, but they have also um, uh, bitten off some real problems they're going to have trouble chewing on. And, for example, the rebuilding of, uh, of, uh, of Syria, of uh, of Libya, of, you know, this is, they're there. And as long as they're there without the ability to bring about some order in the, in the region, and you can't do that very well without providing for the basic economic needs of people. So I'm hopeful that we can find an accommodation that where we can save the lives of people in, for example, in, uh, in Libya. I'm not sure, but that totally didn't make any sense to me. I had to play it back twice, and I'm still confused. Let's keep going. Here's another question given to Joe about Vladimir Putin. In a weekend interview, Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? And I'll continue the trend if you don't mind of asking a second question. Do you believe if he does agree to cooperate... Then what kind of a challenge do you find yourself in? How would you ever trust him? And if Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify, what do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Answer the first question. <laughs> I'm laughing, too. They actually, I. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, uh, The answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But it's not much of a I, I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. That made no sense whatsoever. And I guess it doesn't matter if Putin's a killer. Now, in this next clip, Boris Johnson from uh, the U.K. is over, and he's in the White House with Joe Biden, and he wants to ask the reporters, uh, we can ask do some questions. As you'll hear, chaos, can't understand anything, and Joe does nothing. It's amazing. Corrupts or uh, unbalances the, the Belfast Good Friday uh, Accords. That's the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. That's, that's the... I have no idea. I hope the microphone got it. I know that was hard to listen to, but that's what goes on in the White House with Joe in charge. Joe attended a 9-11 ceremony in New York City, and we had some lovely Americans give their uh, thoughts on Joe. for what you did to Afghanistan. 
Terrible, terrible. Terrible. It's kind of sad that uh, we've had this kind of heckling at a 9-11 ceremony. Joe, uh, he's just, uh, things just aren't going well. Let's get to some more current things. Joe is now trying to talk about his infrastructure deal, and he's having troubles with his party. My party's divided, but my party's also rational. If they can't get every single thing they want, but all that they have in the bill that, that before them is good, are they going to vote no? I don't think so. Shortly after that, Joe came out with his speech on how hard he worked to get this accomplished. Everybody, come on up. We had a uh, really good meeting. And to answer your direct question, we have a deal. And uh, I think it's really important. We've all agreed that... Uh, None of us got what we all that we wanted. I clearly didn't get all I wanted. They gave more than I think maybe they were inclined to give in the first place. But this reminds me of the days we used to get an awful lot done up in the United States Congress. We actually worked with them. We had bipartisan deals. Bipartisan deals means compromise. One of the things that I've, I've made clear, I've signed on, and I'm going to let them give you the detail because, and you can ask them, and I'm, I will... I will talk to you all later, next hour or two, but I promise you I'm not going away. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, we agreed on infrastructure, we made serious compromises on both ends. Uh, there is, uh, and they'll, they'll give you the numbers. But we did not, they did not, and I understand their position, Republicans and this group did not want to go along with any of my family plan issues, the child care tax credits, the human infrastructure that I talk about. And uh, that we'll see what happens in a reconciliation bill in the budget process. If that, uh, if we get some compromise there, and if we can't, see if I can attract all the Democrats to a position that is there. But we're gonna, they're gonna move in a dual track. And, uh, and that's all I say. But I, I wanna thank each and every one of them that's been you know, a lot of us go back a long way where we're used to doing one thing, give each other our word, and that's the end. Nobody questions it. They have my word. I'll stick with what they propose, and they've given me their word as well. So where I come from, that's good enough for me. So I'm going to turn it over to the two chairs here, and uh, I'll talk to you all a little bit later. I'm sorry you had to listen to that, but that was his long-winded speech on how he accomplished his agenda on the infrastructure. So we're going to wrap this up with another question that Joe Biden about the border crisis, which is happening right now. And here is his response. ABC, Rachel Scott. Thank you, Mr. President. You said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately end Trump's assault on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding? Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. 
It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. Thank you. Straight from the horse's mouth. There you have it. Joe believes this is all about horses and whippings and whatever else he thinks. Coyotes, I'm sure. Now, to be fair, I have President Trump's view on the border crisis that was uh, he just answered in Texas with Governor Abbott. President Trump, what long term damage and destruction will Biden's open borders agenda do to the country? And what is it costing law abiding U.S. taxpayers? So it's a. You know, very fair question. And I know you know that answer probably as well as everybody in this room. It's incalculable how bad this is, where you have not hundreds of thousands, but millions of people storming into our country. Some of them, as we discussed, are from prisons and they're bad and they're murderers and all of the things that I said before. It is there's no way to judge that kind of damage. And, you know, getting them out is a is an ordeal. And all sorts of things will happen. It's going to be very hard. But I will say this. It has to be stopped now. This can't go till 2022. They all say, oh, we're going to win Congress. This can't go. They have to do something immediately. People are storming up. You look at some of these caravans where they have 15 and 20 and 25,000 people. And you don't know who's in those caravans. And dotted in those caravans are some of the worst people on earth. So it's a tremendous cost, and it's also monetarily a tremendous cost. You're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars. Can I add to it? Yeah. Janet, what's happening here is the erosion of the social fabric of the United States of America. The United States of America was built upon the rule of law, and what the Biden administration is doing is not enforcing the rule of law. The first thing that happens for all the people they're letting in, they know they're getting away with violating the rule of law that will erode the United States of America. It must be stopped. I agree. Let me let me pick up on and thank you, ma'am. Thank you for calling. I don't know, Governor, if we should take it personally. It wasn't Viva us, you know, just Tim. We'll just leave the stage, and it'll be all Trump. With that, there's hope, folks. President Trump and uh, Governor Abbott uh, are speaking the truth. The truth is out there. All you have to do is look for it. Thank you for listening. I tried as much not to put any opinion in. It's kind of hard these days with uh, Joe being the way he is. With that, you guys take care. We'll see you next week. And keep looking for the elusive truth. 